Well, hey there, guys. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Zeke Said So Show. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things movie news, video games, comics, television, and all that sorts of good stuff. And, uh, yeah, we are back with a brand new episode. we got a lot of stuff to talk about, and uh, we're going to try and get this show done as fast as we possibly can. So let's not waste any time, and let's get right into it. Let's start, of course, with the quick movie news rundown. After a long time in development hell, Jared Leto's Tron 3 is now moving forward at Disney and will begin shooting soon. One of the directors behind Pirates 5 is in talks to helm the next installment, which will officially be titled Tron Ares. Blumhouse has officially announced the sequel to the 2023 Megan. Megan 2.0 has been given a January 2025 release date, with the main cast returning for the sequel. No word yet on if Gerard Je- uh, Johnstone will return to helm the project, but screenwriter Akila Cooper will return to pen the sequel. X star Mia Goth has given a little tease as to what the final X sequel could include. She teased that the sequel is, quote, the best script of the three so far, and that the protagonist will go through, quote, some pretty wild adventures. No release date has been set. And that is the quick movie news rundown. All right, guys, and now let's move on to our main topics. Um, We're going to start with main topic number one, and that is a new trailer of Scream 6 arrives. Uh, A new trailer for the next installment for the Scream franchise has arrived. The new trailer gives us more Ghostface and even a hint that there might be more under the surface. The synopsis reads as follows. In the next installment, the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. And of course, obviously, Ghostface is probably is going to return, I assume, because it's a Scream movie and, you know, can't have a Scream movie without Ghostface, right? Um, but along with the um the trailer they also put out a new poster for the film which um which you know very typical movie poster just a bunch of characters on one poster um i can tell you right now uh i can probably already guess out of all these characters on the poster i can already tell you who is i could probably already tell you who is the killer um or at least i can come up i can come up with an idea of who i believe the killer is because one thing i one thing i um always have said about the screen movies is that they they make it pretty obvious who the killer is even with the uh the marketing like even the marketing gives you a pretty good idea on who's who 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 the uh the the scream killer is um now when when I first saw the um the teaser for for Scream Six, um the the one teaser where they had the um the on the on the subway train and you just saw all these uh, uh all these people wearing ghost face masks, I thought that was a really great trailer because I love the idea of 
Ghostface just being, it's now a Halloween costume, and now, um, and now that just, that aspect of Scream has made it a lot more scarier, because now, and that's one thing that I loved about the opening of um, Scream 2, is that you're opening the film at a movie where there's tons of people wearing ghost face masks, and, you know, you, you you almost can't can't tell who is um is the real ghost face and i and i actually like that aspect and i like their kind of they kind of played on that um here in the in the next installments um and i'll be honest i do like the fact that the ghost mask ma- the ghost face mask um does look a little bit um uh dirty and uh, worn out, um, you know, it, 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 uh, and look, the, the trailer, the trailer, this new trailer was really good, it was a really good trailer, here's my problem though, this happens every time with a Scream movie, I watch the trailer, I think it looks cool, and I want to see it, and then I watch it, and I'm disappointed because it's the same movie again and again and again and again. Like, I I seriously am just so tired of the Scream movie formula, you know? And, you know, I... And, and, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, but Link, that's the point. Every Scream movie is the same because that's the point. The, that's the inside joke of these movies. Yeah, but I'm tell- but but that doesn't mean it's not getting tired. I get it that that it, that that's what the movie's trying to trying to say and that's that's the point the movie's trying to make. But it doesn't change the fact that it's still getting old and tiring. So I want to be excited. I really do. I'm just I just know that if I go to see it, it's just going to be the same thing as the last time. So, but I, but hey, you know what? I like the cast. I mean, I, I especially like the new, the new characters that were introduced in the last film. Um, I really love Jenna Ortega's character. Um, I love, uh, Melissa, uh, 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 Biera, Biera, Biera. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name. Um, you know, I, I even, I even like, I even like her, you know, she was from, uh, um, uh, uh, not West Side Story. What's the other one? The the other musical that came out in twenty twenty one. Um, In the Heights. Um, and then you know, obviously, you know, Jenna Ortega has become a huge, a huge, popular superstar since uh since that uh since Scream Five. Um, but yeah, no, I I lo- and and I like the fact that at least one of the original cast is coming back uh, with Courtney Cox, but um. But again, again, I I I want to be excited. I just know that this is going to be the same movie as the last one, and that's what kind of makes me a little disappointed. So, all right, moving on to main topic number two, and that is this: it looks like we're getting another biopic because a Michael Jackson movie is happening. It looks like a Michael Jackson biopic is in the works at Lionsgate, and now it seems that the film now has a director. 
According to Deadline, Antoine Fuqua is set to direct Michael, a Lionsgate drama telling the complex life story of the iconic singer Michael Jackson. A script is in the is is in by John Logan, and the film will be produced by Graham King, who turned the Freddie Mercury Queen story into the blockbuster Oscar Best Picture-nominated Bohemian Rhapsody. GK Films will produce alongside the the executors of Jackson's estate, John Branca and John McClane. And that, of course, comes us from Deadline. Okay. <laughs> Look. You guys know how I feel about biopics, okay? I just did an entire, like, kind of analysis on this, um, on the Zeke Setso. Like, we talked about it, on, actually, on the Zeke Setso. We talked, to, I talked a lot about musical biopics and, you know, what my um, issue has been with, with them in the past. And... Look, I love Antoine Fuqua. I love Antoine Fuqua. And I'm sure he is going to direct this thing like a fucking boss. Because Antoine Fuqua is, I think, one of the best directors. Is is a He's a really, he's he's a great director. I mean, you look at all of his films from, from Training Day to, um, uh, to the, Mag- to, I loved his Magnificent Seven remake. Um, you know. And um, he just recently put out um, the movie Emancipation with with Will Smith. Um, you know he just he just put out that film. So look, I love Antoine Fuqua as a director. However, this is this is the part that scares me. Film will be produced by Graham King who produced Bohemian Rhapsody. GK Films will produce alongside the Jackson Estates. That's what scares me. Because I now know that this movie, instead of being... it, They say it's going to be telling... It's going to be telling the complex life story. It's not going to be a complex life story. What it's going to be, it's going to be basically a recreation of concerts and music videos with some dramatic elements. That's what it's that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be it's not going to be a drama. I'm telling you right now, this Michael is not going to be a drama. It's going to be a very paint by the numbers biopic. I am telling you this right now. We honestly don't even have to go see the movie. I mean, Michael Jackson fans are going to go, be, you know, and you know what? Look, I like Michael Jackson's music. I do. I love his music. You know, Beat It, Billie Jean, um uh uh, uh they don't care about us, you know. Remember the time. Uh I I, you know, Black and white. I love his music. But first of all, first of all, there's a lot of controversy surrounding Michael Jackson. And it doesn't matter what you do or or how you portray this movie. Either way, you're going to piss off a lot of people. It doesn't matter what you do. You're, you're going to piss off a lot of people. 
Because some people, like myself, are going to bitch about the fact that, oh, this isn't um, accurate to who might to the the life to, to the life of Michael Jackson, and you're gonna have um, some fans um, bitching that it was, um, and you're gonna have fans bitching if if they portrayed in a in a in a very serious and dark way. You know, it's like, you know. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, just look at look at the 2019 Leaving Neverland document. Look at how much controversy that film caused. You all remember that HBO documentary, Leaving Neverland? You remember how much controversy that movie caused? How many how many of Michael Jackson's supporters really despised that movie? Like you know it 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 seriously um you know and the pro- and the thing is is that you know i know that this michael jackson movie depending on how they tell it it's going to do that same thing it's going to piss off half of it's going to be a very split movie because you're going to have a lot of people saying this isn't true to the story they are making him out to be a good uh, you know they're just creating a fluff piece. And you're going to have a lot of people saying, Michael Jackson was great. Let's just make a great movie. You know, it's like, it's like, you did, it's like, it doesn't, you know, and look, I want a fantastic, Mike, I want a fantastic movie about Michael Jackson because I love the man's music so much. I want to see the person behind the music. I want to see the, 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 the great triumphs of Michael Jackson, but I also want to see the big major downfalls of this person. Let's see both. But you know what? Here's the problem, guys. They're not going to do it. Why? Because of what I just read. Produced by Graham King, who produced Bohemian Rhapsody. GK Films will produce alongside executors of Jackson's estate. This is going to be a fluff piece. I am telling you right now. Doesn't matter. Antoine Fuqua is a great director. But it's going to be a fluff piece. Um, who was the director? Like, you know, here's 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 a perfect example. You know, we just had the, uh, we just had uh, the Whitney Houston movie. And that one was directed by Cassie Lemons, who did such an amazing job. An amazing job directing Harriet. You know, she did such an amazing job with that film, and that film was so great. And then she did I Want to Dance with Somebody, which was actually written by the writer of Bohemian Rhapsody. And that movie, much like Bohemian Rhapsody, instead of being the true dramatic story, was a fluff piece. That's what it was. It was it was a fluff piece. Instead of showing the true dramatic story of Whitney Houston, they just said they just said, hey, let's show a recreation of um let's show a recreation of concerts and music videos. And don't get me wrong, like like I know I know there I know there are I mean, what's the audience like? The audience score, I think, is huge on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, 
the 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 Rotten Tomatoes score, the audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes is huge for for this movie. It's yeah, it's got a ninety two percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So I know there I know there are a lot of people who loved that movie, and trust me, Naomi Aki was really good, like really fucking good as Whitney Houston. But I just I I wanted more out of it, you know, and. And you know what? As a as a Michael Jackson fan, I want more from a Michael Jackson movie. And I'm hoping and I'm hoping because it's Antoine Fuqua, he'll actually give us a dark and gritty Michael Jackson film. But I feel like because it's from the same guy who produced Bohemian Rhapsody, I feel like it's going to be more Let's not offend anybody with the true story of Michael Jackson. Let's just show a, a recreation of concerts and music videos, you know, with CGI audiences. So, um, yeah, um, I'm going to move on to the next topic because it just frustrates me that that I have to even talk about it. But, you know, we'll see what happens with this Michael Jackson, rem- with this Michael Jackson biopic. And I'm hoping Antoine Fuqua can actually do a good job. I'll just say that. Uh, come, okay, third main topic is this. The Mandalorian Season 3 trailer drops. Uh, season 3 trailer has dropped. Uh, a new trailer for The Mandalorian Season 3 has dropped online. The new trailer features many cool shots of other Mandalorians and a flashback featuring Jedi. The Mandalorian Season 3 premieres on March 1st, 2023. Um... So, Mandalorian Season 3. <laughs> I, um... Look, you guys know how I feel about The Mandalorian. I love this show. Um, It is... Ooh, you know what? I'm not sure. Because I'm in the middle of watching Andor, and Andor's... Andor's giving um, the Mandalorian a run for its a run for its money as as my favorite Star Wars show, but um, I love the Mandalorian. Um, I love what John Favreau and Dave Filoni have done with the um, with the series. Um, I I I I love the cast behind it. I love Pedro Pascal. I love Carl Weathers. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see where they go with season three, especially with where we left off with the Mandalorian. I mean, you know, we saw Din, uh, we saw Din in the book of Boba Fett reunite with Grogu. So now Din is on a quest to, uh, redeem himself, uh, on Mandalore and, I'm just excited that we're actually going to be seeing um, more Mandalorians. I am just so excited with the 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 idea of seeing all these new Mandalorians and getting to visit Mandalore. Um, for me, the idea that Bo-Katan might just become I I have a theory that Bo-Katan is going to be the villain of 
this show going forward. And I feel like what they're gonna I feel like what they're doing is that they're setting up um they're setting up Din to almost have a um a return of the an Aragorn uh arc like like you know in 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 Lord of the Rings Return of the King Aragorn has his arc throughout that entire trilogy is that he goes from being a ranger who doesn't want to accept his um his destiny which is to sit on the throne and lead the world of men um but by the end of Return of the King he accepts it and he owns it as the king um as as the king of Gondor um I feel like that's what Din is going to I feel like that's what Din's going to do. I feel like Din isn't really going to care about leading the Man- leading Mandalore until um until um s- until now. I th- I feel like he's going to understand that you know this 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 uh this my people need need a new leader. And Boba Fett ain't gonna do it, and Bo-Katan's just too crazy to do it. So I'll do it, you know. Plus, he's he's the guy who he's still got the dark saber. He still has that dark saber with him, you know. So I am uh, I'm excited, man. I can't wait. Plus, I just love. Plus, I love that shot in the trailer where. Um, you have this look this cave monster and Grogu's just using the force and pushing him out of the cave. That that shot's awesome. I don't even care. You know, Grogu is a very cute baby, but man, that little that that cute little baby will fuck you up. There you go. I there you go. I swore. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the fourth main topic, and that is this. Praise uh, during an interview on the red carpet for the Critics' Choice Awards, Prey star Amber Midthunder talked a little bit about the possibility of a sequel to Prey. She said the following, I don't have a date for you. This is not an announcement, but I'm not saying it is not. We talk, we talk all the time about a lot, of, a lot of things, and that's probably one. I'm ready. I love that experience. I love that movie. And I would be happy to, you know... See where we can see where else we can take it, and that of course comes to us from Amber Midthun. And if if you guys can, the video is online. You can you can you can look up what uh, her her interview on the red carpet. But the way she made it sound is that she she's trying to play coy, and essentially, um, we're 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 gonna get a we're gonna get a prey a prey sequel. We're we're gonna get a sequel to Prey. Um, now, when will that sequel come out? It, you know, it will probably be a little while before we see it. But we're we're gonna see a sequel to to Prey. Um, look, man, I loved Prey. One of one of my biggest issue with the Predator movies after the first film is that they were trying way too hard to go big. You know, it's it's my same issue I have with the um the Terminator franchise is that they were trying way too hard to go to to top what happened last time. 
instead of tell instead of focusing on what made that franchise good in the first place, they just kept trying to up the ante with every single installment. You know, um, you know, ever since Terminator Two, each Terminator film tried to up the ante. You know, and for me. I think it I think it's good to have big spectacle stuff, but I also believe that once you do the big spectacle stuff, then it's time to go back and do something a little bit smaller. That way you have a balance. You have, you know, a small little story, big spectacle uh temple shit back to a a smaller story. And I felt that same way about the Predator films and thankfully Thankfully, Prey ended up being that movie that took it back. Like, I truly felt like we were back in this world. We were back in this world again. Like, I, I was so happy that somebody finally got a Predator movie right. Um, you know, I loved, I loved it. It was a smaller story that felt that it, it was a smaller story, yes, but it also had the feel of the first Predator movie, you know, while also being its own thing and not relying on, you know, oh, let's let's top what we did the last time, you know. I just I I, I thought Prey was fantastic. I cannot wait. To see the to see a sequel to it, um, I would love to see Amber uh, Mid Thunder return because I thought she was fantastic, and Amber Mid Thunder is also going to be playing um, uh, uh, sh- Amber Mid Thunder. Uh, she's going to be in an in a, another big franchise adaptation. She's going to be playing Princess Yue in um, Netflix's Avatar series. She's going to be playing the 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 Moon Spirit in in um, in the live action Avatar series, which I am so excited for, which I cannot wait for. And I I personally think that's perfect casting. So, uh, yeah, it you know I would love to see a sequel to to Prey. Um, and uh, hopefully we can see it soon. Let's let's hope we can see the film soon. All right, guys. Let, now we're going to move on to the main to the fifth main topic, and the fifth main topic is a little bit of a uncomfortable subject, but we're going to do it. Um, it has been two. It has been almost two years since the tragic incident on the set of the Alec Baldwin Western Rust. The incident occurred when a loaded gun was fired by Baldwin, taking the life of the cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Well, now it seems that Baldwin is being charged with involuntary manslaughter. NPR wrote the following. Actor Alec Baldwin will face criminal charges of involuntary manslaughter in the shooting death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of the film Rust. Prosecutors in Santa Fe, New Mexico said on Thursday. Um, a couple other things that came out in this uh, article is that the Rust armorer, Hannah, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, will also face um, involuntary manslaughter charges. Um, and the assistant director, 
David Halls signed a plea agreement for charge of neg- uh, negligence uh, negligence over you. Uh, y- wow, let me try this again. The assistant director David Hall signed a plea agreement for quote the charge of negligent use of a deadly weapon. There we go. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> Look, what happened on the Rust movie set is an absolute tragic incident that nobody ever could have expected, especially considering that Brandon Lee suffered the same fate as Helena Hutchins. It just is mind-boggling to me that this still happens. That something like this still happened. Despite the fact that we had someone like Brandon Lee who was tragically taken away from us because of this exact incident, because because of the misuse of firearms on movie set. And also, here's the big thing. We absolutely do not need firearms on movie sets anymore. We don't. Like you can like seriously, there's there's been so many um like our our visual effects if our visual effects can bring photoreal animals to life, our visual effects can make a gunshot look as real as possible. Just have someone use those rubber prop guns and just Put a muzzle flash at the end of it. Hell, if a 14-year-old kid in his mother's basement can do it, then I'm pretty sure Hollywood executives can do it. But but on but it you know on here you had a film crew that was trying to cut corners, that was that was trying to, to cut corners, and in doing so, it cost it cost someone their life. It cost someone their life, and I am surprised to hear that. I mean, obviously they're doing it, of course, with the permission of um, um, the Helena Hutchins's um, uh, uh, husband. But the fact that they're continuing it is very, very surprising to me. The fact that they actually want to finish the film is very, very surprising to me. Now, people have asked me, you know, Zeke, who do you think is responsible for this? Who do you, who would you, who do you find guilty in this whole thing? Look, there are, first of all, let me just say this. There are things we don't know about the situation. Okay, 
there are there are still a lot of things about this story that we just don't know. Because guess what? We weren't there. We don't know exactly exactly what happened. However, I think I do believe that the armor t- should be taking some responsibility in this. Um, this uh, Hannah Gutierrez Reed should be taking some resp- should take some responsibility for this. Um, I do believe that uh, uh, David Halls, uh, the assistant director, should take some some bit of responsibility because it was David Hall who gave Alec Baldwin the gun that would eventually that would you know, kill Helena Hutchins. Um, and, and I do believe Alec Baldwin, I do believe Alec Baldwin does deserve to take a little bit of responsibility for this because look, and I know, I know, Actors, most actors on film sets typically don't check their, don't check to see if the gun's loaded. They don't check that. It's usually the, you know, even though actors absolutely should, most actors don't, you know. But Alec Baldwin in this situation probably should have checked to see if the gun was loaded. And here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. I feel like Alec Baldwin has taken a lot more crap for this whole thing. And look, look, let me let me re- reiterate. Let me refer. Let me re- let me restate this. Somebody died on the set, so obviously everybody wants to get to understand what happened. Everybody in that. Um, everybody who has been following the story just wants to know what happened. <laughs> but <sighs> this is just—it's—it's it's a hard. It's—it's it's a very difficult. See, it's a different. It's difficult thing for me to break down because it's not like this isn't the most fun topic for me to talk about it's 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 very hard for me to kind of break this down because it's just a it's a horrible horrible tragedy but you know i i think that if alec baldwin was given a gun he trusted that first that that assistant director okay the gun it's a cold gun I, I feel comfortable using it. But then the gun went off. You know? Um, now, we will just have to wait and see what happens, um, what evidence is shown in court that will, that you know, for all we know, maybe Alec Baldwin won't, won't be found guilty. For all we know, maybe all three of them won't be found guilty. And for all we know, maybe all three of them will be found guilty and they'll all face the consequences for that. 
Um, but this is just a really messy situation, no matter how you try to look at it. No matter, you can try and, you know, piece it together and think about what you what you think might have happened. But at the end of the day, we will just never know. We're just never going to know. So there's that. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on, and let's talk about the final main topic, and this is going to be a much more happier main topic, and that is this. We, the, Critics, the Critics' Choice Awards um, happened uh, last weekend. Now, I, the Critics' Choice Awards usually covers uh, film and television. Now, we are not going to go, I'm not going to run down every category. I will only be covering the film side of the awards ceremony. And even that, I'm only I'm only doing 16 out of the 20-something um, awards that they give out for film, mainly because uh, we're running out of time. So uh, I will be, I'm going to, I'm only, I'm, I'm picking a select few of, um, of uh, categories here. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and run down this uh, the the let's go ahead and run down these these uh, these winners. Um, we'll start with best picture. Uh, best picture of the night went to Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, best actress uh, in a leading role went to Kate Blanchett for Tar. Uh, best actor in a leading role went to Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Uh, best director went to the Daniels for Everything Everywhere. Um, uh, best visual effects went to Avatar: The Way of Water. Um, a, a category that I, a category that is my personal favorite award to give out for any award show, uh, for any movie award show, is best editing, and uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once took best editing. Uh, cinematography went to Top Gun: Maverick. Animated feature went to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, best original song went to Natu Natu from RRR. Best original screenplay went to Everything Everywhere All at Once. Best adapted screenplay went to Women Talking. Uh, best supporting actress went to Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever. Best supporting actor went to Kihu Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And uh, best foreign language film went to RRR. Now, which now which of these winners stands? Well, first of all, everything everywhere taking home a lot of awards uh, that night, especially uh, original screenplay, editing, uh, um, director, and best picture. I'm very happy with that because I, you know, everything everywhere all at once was my favorite movie of the year, so that's great. Um. I love the fact that RRR is getting some love for the foreign language category and the um, original song category. But I really want to talk about Brendan Fraser um, winning for The Well. Now, look, I, I saw um, The Whale. I, I did see The Whale. And I'll be honest, I didn't love the movie. I did not love The Whale. I didn't love the well. 
but I but I do believe that Brendan Fraser absolutely does give the performance of his the best performance of his career in that film. Um, you know his what what Brendan Fraser has to pull off in that movie is is unlike is unlike anything I've ever seen Brendan Fraser um do in his career. I mean, this is a very difficult role uh for him to 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 pull off. Um and I think he did a magnificent job. Um I think he did a a uh, um a magnificent job with it. Um And so when he won the Critics' Choice Awards, I mean, I was happy. And, you know, I'm, it's, it, I wasn't just happy because, oh, it's Brendan Fraser and, you know, The Mummy's my favorite movie of all time, Brendan Fraser. You know, it's not just because Brendan, Fra- it's not just because it's Brendan Fraser, but it's also because, you know, just, it's happy to see him go, f- because Brendan Fraser is one of those stories that's like, Gosh, like ever for years, everybody kept saying, "Where? What happened to Brendan Fraser? What happened to him? He just like this because he disappeared just for the longest time, and finally made his comeback. Um, he finally made a comeback this year with uh, uh well, he he made he's he's been acting still. I mean, he he's in he was doing Doom Patrol. So he's he's been on Doom Patrol, and he's by the way, if you guys haven't seen him on Doom Patrol, he's fucking great in uh in Doom Patrol. Like he's really, re- really good in uh in Doom Patrol. So you guys should definitely check him out in that show. Um, but his speech also was was very um touching. You know, he talked, he talked about, um, uh, he, he talked a lot about, you know, uh, he, he, he ended his speech with, um, you know, he get you know, he, he, yes, he gets up there and he thanks his, his, his director and he thanks his, the rest of his cast. But at the end of the day, his, the point of his, he was, he was talking about getting out of a dark place, you know? You know, find finding the light. You know, and he dedicated his award to people who who um who battle um, obesity and all that stuff. And it was just a very beautiful speech. And I'm not gonna lie, it made me it made me tear up, man. It made, it really did. Um, but I am very happy now. I will say this. It is going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult to know to 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 figure out who's going to end up taking the Oscar because I believe that now there are three people gunning for that best best actor award, and it's Austin Butler, Brendan Fraser, and Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Inisherin. 
it will be very interesting to see who takes it home. I would hope, I would hope that Brendan Fraser ends up taking home uh, the Oscar. But that being said, Austin Butler was really good as Elvis, and Colin Farrell is really damn good in the Banshees of Inisherin. So, um, yeah, there's that. All right, guys. With that down and out of the way, we are now going to move on to the movie review segment. Um, we're not going to be doing the Q and A segment only because we don't have enough time, but we are going to be talking about the we are going to be reviewing uh, the movie Missing. But before we do that, let's go ahead and take the Zeke said so commercial break. So sit back, relax. The Zeke said so show will be right back. Thank you so much for listening to this installment on the Zeke Said So podcast. I wanted to remind you guys that the Zeke Said So podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher. Uh, if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast, make sure you leave a review on the feed, preferably a positive review. It helps more people see the show, and it helps us grow and continue to give you this amazing content. Also wanted to remind you guys that, that you can check out the Zeke Said So written blog. Go to zekesaidso.wordpress.com and you may find the Zeke Said So podcast in a written blog. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Zeke Said So and on Instagram at Zeke underscore said underscore so. And one more thing. If you would like to support the show, you can find a link in the description of every podcast we put up to our listener support feature. Once you get there, you may donate any amount, and for those who do, you will receive a special shout-out right here on the podcast feed. Not a mandate, you don't have to do you don't have to do it, but it does help us out a lot. And you guys are also supporting the show just by listening to this amazing content. Now, with that down, let's get right back to the show. So now we are going to review the film Missing. Um, so this is the long-awaited sequel to Searching. Um, well, I don't know if anybody was waiting for, for a movie like this. But um, yeah, this is the sequel to Searching. Um, and it stars... Uh, <clears throat> uh, let me see. I'm trying to find the cast... Okay, there we go. All right. Uh, nope, that's searching. That is searching. Uh, I need missing. Sorry, guys. I'm bringing this up right now. Okay. So, missing stars uh, Storm Reed, uh, Nia Long, Megan, uh, Megan Suri, uh, Ken Leong, and David Henney. Um, and... It is a, and like I said, it's a sequel to Searching, um, and uh, here's the synopsis reads as follows. When her mother disappears while on vacation in Colombia with her new boyfriend, June's search for answers is hindered by international red tape. Stuck thousands of miles away in Los Angeles, June creatively uses all of, all the latest technology at her fingertips to try and find her before it's too late. And I'm not going to say anything beyond that, 
because I don't want to end up accidentally giving anything away, but there's a lot of twists and turns in the film. And uh, I'll just say this right now. Um, I love this movie. This is, for me, um, one of, uh, well, I mean, obviously, look, let's be real. It's too early to, um, it's it's way too early to, to say this because we're only in the first, you know, we're, we're literally only in the beginning of the year, but I will say this. It's my favorite movie of the year. Again, look, we're only in January. It's way too early to say that, but I've seen three movies now in Jan. I've seen three movies now this year so far. Um, and between this and a man called Otto, Missing, I think, is the best is the is is the best movie I've seen so far. Um, and part of the reason why, and I'll be honest, I liked it more than Searching. I really enjoyed Searching, but this one I felt like just felt more emotional to me than than uh, than Searching did. Um, I I felt more coming out of it, and you know when. When, by the time the movie ended, I was I was basically in tears by the end of that film. Um, and one of the things I and first of all I will say this: Storm Raid gives an absolutely incredible performance in the film. She is in, she is amazing, um, and you know she has to convey so much emotion through essentially. A computer do essentially like a computer screen. Like she she has to convey so much through this whole, you know, um this whole idea of a thriller that is primarily told through um social media, text messaging, FaceTime, all that stuff. Um and I thought she was great in it. I loved um I loved the mystery surrounding surrounding what happened. Um I I'm trying to figure out what what to say and what not to say because um I don't want to give away anything that will that could potentially spoil the movie because I do think this will this movie is one of those things that will earn you not knowing too much about it. Um, and I remember saying that I, I was afraid that the movie had given away, that the trailers had given away some stuff, but it, the, I can, I can say that I can probably say that it didn't, um, the, the movie never really gave away, uh, didn't really give away. Uh, too much. I still felt like there were so many twists and turns, and the movie goes in so many different directions that you think you're ready for it, but you're not ready for it. Um, so yeah, I I love the film. Um, I can't really think of a single problem I had with the film. Um, I just thought it all 
for me worked so so well um and uh yeah like i said it's it's it was it was very thrilling and very intense but it was also a lot more emotional uh than i even imagined it being so um yeah uh that is my review for missing please go check it out uh it's actually in theaters now so please go and see it um and guys that will do it for this week's episode of the Zeke Said So Show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we got a bunch of stuff. We have all a bunch of new episodes of each of the each of our uh, shows up on the podcast feed. A brand new episode of To the Bat Cave. A brand new episode of the Web Strangers Podcast. Brand new episode of Avatar the After Show. And Throwback Thursday has finally made its return. So please go and check all those out. Um, uh, is, is please make sure you go and check all those out. And please share the podcast. This That's very important, guys. It's very important that you guys share the podcast because it's going to help us grow and get more um, eyes on the Zeke, on Zeke Said So. Also, guys, I want to remind you, please go and support my movie, What to Watch, A Love Letter to Physical Media. It is now available to watch on the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel. And I'm very excited. Um to have real i'm so proud of the movie and i'm so proud of the success that the movie has achieved uh on the youtube channel um I'm, i am just so 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 incredibly proud of the film um it's a movie that i worked very hard on and the 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 film now has 150 views so uh, please go support the film, support independent film. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, that, w- uh, that will do it for the Zeke Senso show guys. Thank you so much for listening. And if you guys like the podcast, please make sure you share and subscribe. I think I should subscribe to the podcast because Zeke the geek said so, and I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.